Welcome to the Sipping with Sin podcast, a podcast about stuff and things pertaining to gaming, content creation, horror, comics, music, pop culture, more. Grab your favorite beverage and take a sip with us. Oh, we're finally here, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, mammals, cats, chickens, ducks of all ages. We're finally doing the thing. It's only been a uh, man. It's been a long time in the works, but we're finally uh, starting the episode. Uh, so, just want to do a brief introduction of what we are doing here. This is the Sipping with Sin podcast, uh, episode one. As a podcast is going to go over all kinds of different topics from gaming, uh, content creation, streaming, uh, music, horror, you know, pop culture, comics, all kinds of things, movies. Lots of stuff. So we're going to cover things. We're going to have some guests. We have some awesome co-hosts. And uh, we're going to have a beverage while we do all that. Because who doesn't like to have your favorite tasty beverage while talking about lots of fun topics? Uh, so just a brief introduction of myself. My name is Sinister. I am a full-time content creator. I've been a full-time content creator for going on four years now. Uh, I've been in the streaming space. Uh, streaming as a hobby off and on for probably almost 10 years at this point. So I've been around a while. Um, full-time four years. Uh, was on Twitch back as a hobby. Moved to Mixer. Went full-time. Was partnered with Mixer. Uh, Mixer shut down. Now I'm on Facebook gaming, streaming every morning, bright and early, around 5 a.m. You know, uh, way too early to be playing video games, but I do. Because uh, who doesn't want to see people fail while they're getting ready for work or ending their third shift journey? Uh, so I do that. Also put content on YouTube and all the other platforms. Uh, I'm also a brand new father uh, to a three-month-old, so that is also a very fun, um, yeah, adventure that I am going through. Uh, I used to do music, and uh, that's about it for me. You know, nothing too crazy. Big horror fan, and uh, yeah. But without further ado, we're going to get into uh, our esteemed co-host, the one and only Christian. And let's uh, hear what he has to say in a quick introduction of himself. Welcome, Christian. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. This podcast has been a long time coming, and most of that is on me. I do apologize. You know, I'm still, uh, I'm still learning, trying to get my stuff together. I am a uh, big horror fan, sometime content creator, all the time nerd. I'm here to bring you guys some of the juiciest tidbits of information that I have Amazing. and some opinions that you may or may not want to hear. But I'm here. Uh, like I said, guys, I'm a huge horror fan. I'm a giant Batman connoisseur, and I think that I have exactly what this podcast needs to give you guys that injection of spirit. And um, we're going to get started. We're going to start right away. Oh, yeah. So give it up for Christian. It's a double air horn to start the thing. Okay, so uh, some nice little introductions for us. Uh, I guess we will start with um, what have you been watching, reading, playing, or listening to lately? Uh, for me, um, what have I been gaming and playing? I have, well, for the previous three months, I've been on Halo Infinite. Huge Halo fan. Been playing since, well, playing online since Halo 3. Uh, the first ones I played was Halo 1 and 2. Uh, offline. Did you get to play Halo 2 online? I did not play Halo 2 online. I missed it, and I, I wish I could have played it. I didn't have an original Xbox, though, so I couldn't play Halo 2 online. Uh, but I actually got hurt uh, 
uh, back then, and my cousin brought an Xbox over, and we played offline the campaigns, and I was like, oh, this is sweet. And then I got a 360, and Halo 3 dropped, and I was like, well, let me get in this. And then it was just a pure addiction of just playing Halo 3 all the time. Um, so I've been playing a lot of Infinite lately. Uh, Halo Rage is a real thing that I forgot about because I hadn't been playing Halo in so long because the Halo games kind of fell off a little bit for me. Um, and I forgot about how mad. Do you remember? Do what? Do you remember exactly when the Halo games fell off for you? Um, I remember Halo 4. I was super excited about because we were coming off 3, which was one of the best ones. Uh, if not the best one, depending on who you ask. And then we went to Reach, and I played a lot of Reach. And then 4 was coming out, and I remember watching everything they released, like about the orchestra, about you know recording gun sounds, all that stuff. I watched everything and was super excited. Got it at midnight, back when midnight releases were a thing, and played <laughs> the crap out of it for days. And then I played it for a couple months, actually, and then it just... I don't know. It didn't grip me like the others, so I didn't stay latched onto it. I don't know if it was how the leveling system was. The I don't know. There was something off about it. Um, and then I played five, but we also had a period where we had just got our house and we didn't have internet, so it kind of hurt us playing five. But we did play five. Fun fact on uh, me and Mrs. Sin's honeymoon. We took an Xbox down where we went on honeymoon and we played I, Halo Five. Yeah, because we're nerds that's, and that's what we do. That's really cute. That's really cute. But uh, I've been playing Halo, um, kind of taking a break from it. Was playing a lot of Apex Legends. Um, I've played some of the new seasons, pretty good, pretty cool. The event's been fun. Uh, they just had their three-year anniversary. I've played Apex since literally day one, since they announced. I downloaded it that day and played it. Uh, but I'm kind well, of... It's hard to believe that that game's been out for three years already. It, it's wild. And they had one of the coolest releases, in my opinion, just because they were like, hey, announcement, oh, we're making a BR, Respawn, Titanfall Universe... Oh, by the way, it's out today for free. It's like <laughs> super cool because you're just like, wait, what? Um, but I'm kind of, I'm almost a little bit on a break from those, from shooters. Um, I've been caught up in Lost Ark. I don't know if you know much about it or if you like that style of game, but it pretty much it's like a Diablo style dungeon crawler MMO. And uh, it come out. That's I've seen some of that, and I think I've actually caught uh, a little little pieces of you streaming that before. And and that game gets really intense with what you can do. Oh yeah, it's super fun. It's actually been out for uh, come out in 2019, I believe, over in Korea, and it's just now coming to the states and like over here. Um, mm -hmm. Amazon is helping release it with uh, the studio. I forgot the name now. Uh, Smilegate. There we go. Smilegate. Okay. And um, it's awesome. I've been playing the Berserker, just spinning around, chopping stuff up. Um, it adds so many elements from different games. Like it's plays like Diablo, like the click and move, and then all the abilities and stuff. But then you have kind of like Diablo Rifts, which are sort of, they're called like Chaos Dungeons. And essentially it's just endless waves of enemies coming at you until you hit 100% yeah. and you just cut them up with like four people. And then they have like a Monster Hunter style that's called, um, what are they called? Um, I forgot what the name of the, the thing is now. It's like, a, literally it's four people and you just go hunt down a boss. And then wow. you have like abysmal okay. dungeons, which are like hard wild dungeons. And then there's like a tower that's like this tower you move up of enemies and difficulty. And then the, that's not even like all of it. There's still like a cube and there's like, Eight man rate. There's all kinds of stuff. Like there's a ton of content in this game, and mounts and just 
I don't know. It's a really cool game. I've really been enjoying it. It's a fun game to stream in the mornings, too, and, like, have coffee and just, you know, play around and goof and off. I miss and, games like that where you could just kind of play something for a little bit and, and let it go, and it was fine. You know, what, what happened to those days? Oh, I miss those days. Now everything's crazy, I feel like. You have to, like, stay on top of it. That's kind of what, I don't know. I, I've played WoW for a long, long time. And I got back into WoW before this most recent expansion. And I was super into it. I was loving all these characters. And the expansion came out. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I maxed my level. And then I just felt like pressure to do stuff I didn't feel like I wanted to do. I was like, I want to do this now. And people were like, no, to do right, you need to do this. You need to like farm That's this fair. stuff. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't want to do it. So I stopped playing. Yeah, yeah. That happens a lot. That what about you? Are you playing anything right now? Like any games? going on with you um real honestly like i'm I'm not playing too many games right now like i've been I've, I've, i'm still one of those unfortunate souls who doesn't have like the newest xbox or ps5 right so i've been trying to like hold out um i played a couple of games but they disappointed the hell out of me man like the last real big title that i bought into was uh cyberpunk yeah. and i'm not gonna lie to you man i played cyberpunk came out i bought it uh, I played it. I made my character, you know, my V. And uh, I was just like, I was really into it, but there were so many bugs. And it just, it got to the point to where it was just funny. I was playing it anyway because it was hilarious and it was brand new. And, you know, it was cyberpunk. You're doing all this cool shit. But, like, the thing that got me is this people started, like, really getting into the bugs of the game. So, like, you couldn't go anywhere online without seeing how bad the game was unless you got it on PC, which I did not. And, you know, so I kind of let the game go, you know. I didn't, like, fully write the game off, but it wasn't the best, and then they weren't they were going to do upgrades, and they didn't, and they did, and blah, blah, blah. So I kind of let that go, and then I played, like, some Miles Morales Spider-Man, which was dope. I wish it was a longer game for sure, uh, but I'm kind of just waiting for the new titles to come out on uh, PS5. You know, I really want to play this new Wolverine game they got coming out. I want to yes. play the Midnight Suns game that's coming out. Isn't uh, Wolverine done by the same studio that did the Spider-Man game? Yeah, yeah, just, and, oh, yeah. Same, same people. So I'm really excited for that. But like, as you know, the the listeners may not know, I'm a giant fighting game fan, and I love fighting games. So I know they just announced like the new Street Fighter coming out. I think it's Street Fighter Six. So that's yeah. really cool. But I'm waiting for Nether Realm to, Nether to Realm give is, us in. That's my favorite. Like my favorite fighting game studio by far. I love Nether Realm. Dude. I love them too, man. Everybody's talking about, oh man, I'm so excited for Mortal Kombat 12. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Justice 3. If that's a thing. Justice 3, everything. I, I love those games. What was that? Uh, you broke up for a second, sorry. I was just saying that I love... No, no problem, no problem. But I love those games. That's really what I'm into. I can't wait to... You know, play as Batman, Superman, Flash. You know, hopefully Huntress in this new one, and just like throw down. Like that's what I'm looking for. So isn't there I can't a rumor? Wait for that. But aside from aside from that, isn't there a rumor what, that NetherRealm got? Um, they have some kind of deal possibly with Marvel. Have you heard that they're making a Marvel game? Maybe I I did hear that, but I'm not. I'm gonna be honest with you. I kind of hope it's not true. Yeah, I don't. I like <laughs> the darkness because, of the Injustice game. I'm not gonna lie. I, yeah. I tend to gravitate more to those kind of stories for some reason. But I, I like that. The Injustice story, if if people haven't checked it out, I fully recommend checking it out. That is a really good story. 
And the game is super fun. And you can go back and you can probably get them for like 20 bucks or less and play the original Injustice game. And it's a really good fighting game story. I, I loved it, man. Uh, we, we actually played that quite a bit online. Yeah. We did. And uh, we had some intense matches, I remember. Uh, and even even your wife played, man. She was she she played Harley Quinn pretty well. It was yeah. it was fun. Heck yeah. So um, you brought up that, I'm not really playing. You brought up Cyberpunk, so it was a disappointment to you. I I actually liked Cyberpunk. I thought it was a good story. I did run into a few bugs in my playthrough. Um, there was one that was almost game breaking and almost lost everything, like all my progress, but I was able to get around it which was a huge relief. But other than that, all the other bugs for me were just funny, goofy bugs that I was like, well, this is stupid. And then I would go on my way. But I thought like taking those out, the story and all the like elements of the game were fun. Like I enjoyed my playthrough of it. I will say, I will say this. Cyberpunk is one of the, one of the few games that I would love for a company to just like re-release like actually completed game to re-release yeah i would totally go for it um companies all you know all the time they release a game that you think is really good and you're really excited for it and it's cool but the game lasts about you know four hours five hours tops and then they start releasing a bunch of stuff for you to do later and each thing that they release costs more money and costs more money and costs more money so by the time you get everything for the game you've already spent you know two hundred dollars and then you got like a nine-hour game that you should have got to begin with. So that does get annoying, but Cyberpunk is definitely one of those games that I would absolutely play again, uh, assuming that the bugs are fixed, because I do remember some of those game-breaking things. I remember there was a bug for me that got really bad and then got really good, and it was like a swimming bug. So, like, <laughs> I would go and swim and, and wherever I was going, and I would just, like, get a whole bunch of loot from cars or whatever that have driven off the road into the water so the AI would just die, and I would just get all their stuff. So, like, my V had so many guns and swords and stuff that I got solely from all these drowned characters. Oh <laughs> so that was fun for me but at the same time i was like i highly doubt this is supposed to happen but uh but other than that now i haven't really been playing a whole lot of games i've been watching stuff though i've been okay. watching a lot of stuff uh one last game i want to talk or touch on before we go into what we've been watching you mentioned you played miles morales you played the the spider-man game too right before oh absolutely i I didn't just play that game. I, I lived that game. Okay. I felt that game. I cried for that game. Okay. That's how much I was into it. I actually just started playing it around Christmas. Um, and uh, it's been kind of one of those games that, like, while I'm watching my son, I can play for a little bit. And for whatever reason, I guess just the colors and stuff, he's been into Spider-Man. And so playing that game, he'll sit there and just, like, watch it with me. And we've been going through it in my first playthrough, and I, I think I'm about done with it, and then I'm going to play Miles Morales afterwards. But that game is fantastic. Like I have no Dude. complaints with that game. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Just swinging through the city, like all the little Easter eggs, the villains and stuff, it just the story. It's, it's a really, really good game. I, I will say the that game is fantastic. And my it's funny. My son also... When he was born and, you know, super, super young, few months, he loved watching Spider-Man stuff and uh, The Flash. And I think it's because, like you said, of the colors. So that's really interesting to hear somebody else say that. But going back to what you were just saying about how good the game is, like, absolutely. That game is fantastic. And the only complaint that I have with the Spider-Man game is when they re-released it after the Miles Morales game came out, 
and they changed the character model for Peter and they made it look more like Tom Holland. Yeah, I kind of noticed that. I, I, I don't really like that. Gotcha. I, I got really used to the original uh, character model and his voice matched that character model perfectly. And then once you go through all those missions with this version of Peter and you've got all these upgrades with this version of Peter and, and the way that he sounds and the way that he looks, it's like perfect. And then they just like inject Tom Holland over that without Tom Holland's voice. And then it's a little weird. So that part of the game, I didn't really like. But other than that, the gameplay is perfect. If, if you liked any of the Batman Arkham games, then like by default, you love this Spider-Man game. Oh, it's like sure. the same feel. Yeah. So it's, it's like the same feel. You're just Spider-Man. So like, instead of just beating guys up and like, you know, I love Batman, but instead of just beating guys up and like hiding for their guns to go away or for you to get rid of their guns some kind of way, you're Spider-Man. So you like can dodge bullets and can web them up and crawl on the walls and do all these things, you know? So it's a little bit more fantastical. And Spider-Man is just one of those characters that lends himself to... You you can fully embrace yourself in him when you're playing a game, when you're swinging across the city, and when you're fighting bad guys, when you're chasing cars, you know, that kind of thing. It's it's just fun, man. It's just 100% pure fun. Oh, absolutely. We've actually... We're talking about Spider-Man... One of the things we've been watching, it's kind of like our morning ritual after I finish streaming for the day. Uh, we've been watching the 1994 Spider-Man cartoon. And I oh, forgot. Animated series? Yes. I really like it. He loves it. We'll sit there and like, I know he did probably like understands nothing I'm saying because he's only three months old. But we'll talk about like what characters are on and what Spider-Man going to do and all this. We're like, we'll talk about the episode, me and him. And he'll just stare at me and stare at the TV and like engrossed in it. And I forgot like how many cameos are actually in that show because I watched it as a kid. But there's mm-hmm. so many Marvel people that's in the show from like Iron Man to Punisher, Daredevil, Daredevil. like Morbius. anybody and everybody. I'm just kind of X Men have a cameo like an, I think it's an episode with just them and him. Yeah, that's a two part episode. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really cool though. It's really good. I'm not sure what we're gonna watch next because we're on. I think we're on the final season, so we may find. I don't think I've ever watched Spider-Man Unlimited. We may check that out. I think that's what it's called. Uh, or we may go to the old X-Men or, or maybe even Batman the animated series. But we're going to bounce around and watch all that stuff. All the, the stuff I grew up on as a kid. And he seems to be enjoying it right now and it keeps him happy. So nice little bonding experience. Uh, but with that, being, with that being said, what else have uh, what have you been watching lately? Oh, man. Watching, watching. So... Uh... For those of you who don't know me, I'm a big, I'm really big into anime and manga. So I've been watching this anime, this new anime called Ranking of Kings. And I got to say, man, like I recommend this to, to everybody. The main character of this anime, his name is Boji. And Boji is a prince, a prince to a king who is also a giant, like James and the Giant Beanstalk type giant. And Boji has no physical strength whatsoever. So he's the weakest person in the world, but he, and he's tiny. He's really small. This guy's like, I don't know, three feet tall, maybe. And he can't speak. He's deaf he, and he's mute. So he can't speak, uh, but he, uh, he can read people's lips really well. 
So that's how he communicates. He can kind of listen to people. He just kind of makes noises and nods and stuff. But the way that they take care of this in the anime is so nice. And they do sign language in the anime. Uh, but, you know, of course, it's an anime and there's there's always fantastical elements. And I don't want to ruin this for anybody. But what I can say about Ranking of Kings is it is very wholesome. It's very colorful. It's very bright. But it's also pretty brutal as well uh and you know the time period for this show is kind of in the same vein as like uh, game of thrones and stuff like that uh, it's not as uh stabby as game of thrones but uh definitely you will see some characters uh get uh expired shall we say but what i can say about that show the reason why i'm ranking it so high the reason why i want to talk about it is because I don't usually like get emotionally attached to, to characters in anime, you know, unless it's just really good. And this just happens to be one of those shows. that's really good. I have legitimately cried like three times watching the show and it doesn't make any oh, wow. sense. Like I didn't even realize I was crying until the episode was over. And I was like, Oh, why does my face feel weird? And I've wiped my face. I'm just wiping tears away. Like it's insane. So absolutely recommend that show. Uh, it's for everyone, uh, and if you need a place, like I recommend, hopping on like Crunchyroll and checking it out. At least the first episode—that's all you need, and you'll be hooked. I promise you. Okay. Um, and then aside from that, I've been watching stuff that we've all been watching. You know, like we got the season finale of Peacemaker recently. I definitely mm-hmm. watched that. We got the season finale season finale of uh, Book of Boba Fett recently. Been watching that. Uh, I've been watching. Uh, Dexter, New Blood, and uh, I don't know how you feel about that show, but I have some thoughts. Oh, so, kind of want to. Do you want to start with that one say. out of the the shows you just listed? Because I've I've actually yeah, watched start, all of them. Let's start with New Blood. New let's Blood? start with New oh. Blood for sure. Oh God! Uh, before we do that, I'm gonna take another sip of this beverage. I probably should have told you guys what I was <laughs> sipping on beforehand before we get into Dexter because I am a huge Dexter fan. So uh, might need to take a little sip in my little Universal cup. Those that are watching on YouTube, you can see. Uh, but I'm actually drinking. Um, it's a it's a beverage called Hey Girl Hey that I found yesterday. It's in a, a pretty sweet can, but it's uh, made by Old Black Bear, and they're out of uh, Madison, I believe, Madison, Alabama. Um, That's awesome. I've actually been. It's not their brewery, but it's like a like a little. I don't know what you call it. It may, it may be kind of like their brewery, but they they make food there, like not kind of like a pub. But you can buy some oh, of their okay. products there. You can go eat. You can sample some of the drinks. Um, it's like some little game tables and stuff. But I went with some friends and we uh, we had uh, a brunch there one Sunday and, and had uh, tried a few drinks and stuff. And the food was excellent. But uh, this is uh, it's like it's an ale brewed with uh, blackberry and uh, a little bit of lime, like key lime in it. Ooh. And it's super tasty. It's kind of a sour. If you're a sour fan, I highly recommend checking it out. But uh, that's what I'm sipping on. Uh, we'll take a sip and then let's talk about some Dexter, shall we? That's a tasty beverage. Um, <clears throat> not sponsored, you know. We gotta make sure we put that out there. But uh, Dexter, um, Dexter, man, I don't know where to start. Uh, favorite seasons of Dexter are one and four by far. Uh, well, I mean, the show's been out so long at this point; it's not really spoilers. Uh, season one had Ice Truck Killer, and season four had the Trinity Killer, and I loved both those seasons so much. Uh, the ending of Dexter was like the original ending. Yes, or the yeah, ending? the the one that was years back. Um, unsatisfying. I mean, to an extent, 
if you've watched the show, you know there's only a couple ways that it can really end, truthfully, for Dexter. Um, so, I mean, I, I wasn't really satisfied with it, but I, I didn't like how they did certain characters, Deb and stuff like that. I feel like, honestly, I feel like Deb got shit on the entire show, the entire series. Like, she was such a, a fun character, and she had progression and stuff, but it's just like one bad thing after another with her. Pretty much. Like, she would love somebody, I mean, and then you're not, you're they not would get killed. Um, yeah. New Blood brought back the original writers, I think. I think it was the original writers from the first four seasons. I could be wrong on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did really like New Blood. Um, warning, there's spoilers, so you may want to fast forward a little bit in the podcast. Uh, I thought bringing Harrison back in a very early fashion in the show was good. And I really liked that element because I already kind of expected Harrison would be there based off how Dexter left off. And that's pretty much the only thing he has left at this point. I think the vision of Deb was really cool. Also very creepy, which I liked him being haunted. And it's like an interesting dynamic, a serial killer with remorse being haunted by, you know, a mistake he made that's constantly like talking to him. Um, I believe he hadn't killed in 10 years when the show started. I think they said it was 10 years. Yeah, um, 10 years. I liked it. And honestly, I don't really have any complaints with it. I, I think it's a much, much, much better ending than what they originally had. Um, and I think it could even set up, if they ever wanted to, a spinoff series with Harrison. Because, I mean, obviously he has the same issues and dark passenger that Dexter deals with. Um, and he's already looks like he's well on his way to being advanced, kind of like Dexter, like the stuff he does, even before he knows what Dexter really is, you can see he's already picking up things. He knows how to do certain things, you know, kind of cover tracks and stuff like that. Um, one thing I did, I was really curious about in the whole show. I wonder if he, killed hannah they never said anything about it i know she supposedly died of i think it was cancer in the show but for some reason i I always had a gut feeling that maybe he did something to hannah but i don't i liked it i don't know what you think about it i was happy with it it was good to see michael c hall back i know he went through uh cancer and chemo during some of the seasons of the previous dexter series and seeing him kind of come back and really wrap up I, i felt like i got closure the closure i really needed for the show out of it. Not sure what you thought. Apparently Christian was not uh not very much into it. But uh yeah. So um it brought back, let's see. We can let's check out some stuff. But uh, just concluded, it was on Showtime. Michael C. Hall come back. Uh, Harrison was played by uh, Jack Alcott. Alcott? I think I said it right. Uh, it was good to see Jennifer Carpenter back as Deborah. Um, a lot of interesting storylines here. Uh, as, if you've watched any of the Dexter show, you know that uh, there's usually another killer, uh, another predator out there. So we had that one, uh, that aspect for sure. Um I thought it was really good, though. I, I did like it. I was very happy with it. It was a show I was 
uh, very nervous going into, especially with the final season, um, how they did that previously. But I thought Clyde Phillips and and the rest of the writers and stuff did a really good job kind of tying up those loose ends, tying up like the way they ended the previous one and, uh, you know, wrapping it up for good. Um, I think we might have actually had technical difficulties. Stuff that happens during a podcast, especially on the first episode, this is to be expected. So apologies in advance. Obviously, our layout, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, is very basic and very uh, new. It will get better as we go, as will everything, you know, kind of feeling it out and experimenting and working on things as we go. That's one of the things that's been a hitch for the podcast. We've been dragging our feet, waiting on certain things to get done when we probably should have just started recording and started building. Uh, but we decided just to go for it. Enough stalling, and uh, we'll kind of improve things as we go, so just bear with us, uh, but we'll get everything better, and uh, technical difficulties happen. I'm not sure. I guess when Christian's here, he'll he'll chime back in. But until he's here, uh, we'll keep rolling along. But yeah, I was I was happy with it. Um, I know the, the final season of Dexter before New Blood received so much scrutiny. People were just unhappy, and rightfully so. I mean... You you get attached to this, and if you've watched the show, you know he's either going to end up in prison eventually one day, or he's going to end up dead. I mean, there's really no happy medium. He's not just going to quit killing and go, because there will always be that, has he started back? Can he control it? He hasn't controlled it all these years. And the way they kind of just ended it and just left everything was unsatisfying for sure. So Absolutely. New Blood did a great job of, of wrapping up, and I was very happy with what they did. And I think we have Christian back. So, yeah, can you? Yeah, yeah. I'm back in here. All right, I was actually here the whole time. My uh, <laughs> my mic was just like, "Hey, I'm tired of working," oh, no. but I'm gonna jump right in. I'm yeah, gonna go jump right it. in because I have I have some thoughts about New Blood. So, I'm gonna start off by saying the first episode of New Blood was fantastic. I loved. Everything about it. I love how it started. I love the camera angles. I love all the nods to the original seasons. I love the ending of the episode. Um, that being said, I remember you just said that you got closure uh, on the on the end of New Blood, and boy, I got to tell you, I did not. What? Um, I was so mad throughout the 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 duration of the of the season because. As as far as I'm concerned, they made this last season of Dexter and all the loose ends that they kind of left open. They're not going to do anything with, and like that's subject to change based off how popular the show is and how much money it makes. Like we all know, you know, money talks. So I get that, but Dexter only felt like Dexter like twice to me in this entire season. They like he was just so dumb. To me i don't understand like i know that it had been 10 years since he last killed but like it wasn't 10 years since he last read a book or remembered how to do this stuff you know what i mean like there were just several moments in in the show where i was just like why would dexter ever do this well, so he's rusty too you gotta think i mean he killed on a frequent basis in the other show and then he hasn't done it for 10 years so he's kind of off true. his game and he also, if you remember in the last season before, is it season eight, I think, was the final season before New Blood or something like that? I can't remember if it was seven or eight seasons they had previously, but... Uh, I think it was eight. Eight, okay. He, uh, 
there comes a point where he's like, I don't need to kill. Like he's starting to suppress the urge a little bit. And I think he just was out of that mindset. He was more in like, I'm camouflaged. I'm not hurting anybody. I've literally ruined everything around me. Like everything I love is, is essentially dying. So I'm just kind of like, he's on autopilot. And I think he's just rusty, but you, so how would you have liked it to end? All right. So I've been thinking about that for, for weeks and before I tell you how I wanted it to end, let me tell you my main issue with the show. Aside from dumb Dexter is what I've been calling him. Uh, I can't stand Harrison. I hate him. Wow. I hate him so much. I hate him so much. And let me tell you why. Like, at first, it was like, I get why he's so angsty and, like, pissed off at Dexter. Because Dexter is, like, the worst parent like i totally get that i get it but after a while there's no growth with this character and you already know going into the show that harrison also has a dark passenger and dexter could easily easily just have a conversation with harrison and harrison can also easily just have a conversation with dexter to let him know like hey this is what's happening to me. This is what I'm feeling. I want to hurt people, blah, blah, blah. There you go. Conversation. Then you have Dexter talking to Harrison about this dark passenger, how to control it, how to navigate it, how to do this, how to do that. But that never happens. You just get Harrison going to school and like beating up kids and breaking their arms or whatever during wrestling matches. And then like not killing, but almost killing a kid who was going to shoot people, which I get. So that was cool, but like the way that they handle this stuff, dude, I just I couldn't I couldn't let it go. And Harrison, like immediately, was just like all in for uh for uh, Clancy Brown's character. I can't even think of his name right now. Uh, Kurt Kurt Caldwell. Uh, yeah, like I really liked the Kurt character. Um, I really I thought that his like trophy section was awesome. That I was thought that the, the reveal for that was awesome. Yet, I think. Yeah. And I, I loved how the one girl tried to play him and make it like a like a sexual thing. And he was like, no, that's not what this is about. Like, I love all of that. That was so cool. So, like, Clancy Brown as Kirk, dude, he he killed it. He, he killed it. 100% killed it. I loved everything about it. But, like, I just couldn't get over Dexter just being stupid. But And this, this is the other thing. This is the other thing I wanted to get into. Aside from Harrison just really irritating me, I can't believe that... <laughs> I can't believe that what was her name? Angela, his girlfriend. Yes. Yeah, the cop. Dude, she's like a better detective than Batman, dude. She just figured out everything by hopping on Google. She just learned everything. Yeah, she was on top of things. I think the Angel Batista cameo was really nice too, bringing him back. So I thought that the Angel Batista uh, cameo was good until the end of uh, that one episode, uh, the episode he shows up in. The end of the episode ruined it for me because he goes, yeah, uh, yeah, that we, you know, we had that guy. What was his name? Dexter. Yeah, he did this. Dexter Morgan. Blah blah blah. And he had a son. Oh man, what was his name? Oh, his name was Harrison. Like, yeah. you no, know, that's not how Angel would talk. Angel was best friends with Dexter. At least he thought he was. He loved Harrison. He tried to take care of Harrison, but he just happened to forget his name. Are you kidding me? No, I just wasn't buying that, dude. I just wasn't buying it at all. And it, it bothered me the whole season, dude. And then Angela just 
quickly figuring out everything about Dexter because she opened a she opened one case file, did one Google report, and literally listened to a podcast and figured out everything about him. No, I'm not buying it, dude. I'm not buying that. And then Dexter just making all of these mistakes, that was really irritating. Like the first couple of mistakes, I totally get it. Totally understand. But like once you get into the season and you start getting past like episode five, this guy's still making mistakes. I just I couldn't deal with it. And then Harrison's like He's a turncoat, dude. Like, he was all for it with Dexter. And then he's like, oh, wait, but, Dad, you you killed that guy. He was nice. And I'm just like, dude, he was locked up. He was going down. He, You know, he's freaking out. Like, chill out. And then, so he kills Dexter. But then, like, the th- like, the way that Dexter went out wasn't a problem for me. I totally expect him to I mean, it's poetic for Harrison to take out Dexter. Out of ever everybody or any way for him to go his own son to take down the monster and Dexter pretty much just accepted like you got to do this I broke the code this is what you need to live by do what you got but 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 then but here's the problem though here's the problem with that as a parent right like let's let's just say for the sake of argument your your son little baby sin he's the same as you you're a serial killer he's got the same instincts but he you know he hasn't killed anyone yet he hasn't actually killed anyone yet at least to our knowledge so he's still kind of clean in that aspect that he hasn't taken a life of somebody and then you're like hey little baby sin you got to kill me bro shoot me in my heart take me out and then live the rest of your life as a normal person there's no way in hell that you'll be scarred for this for life way that your dark passenger will get the taste for the blood that you just shed of mine. There's no way that's going to come back to bite you in the ass. It's totally fine. Just kill me, dog. It'll take care of everything. No! Dexter just ruined his son. Like Everything that he said he didn't want to do, he did it by saying, Harrison, you can kill me, bro. It's fine. I broke the code. Oh my God, that bothered me so much. I just, I just wasn't down with it. Uh, I thought that I knew where the season was going, and then it didn't go that way. And I was like, "That's fine." But then Dexter is like, you know, dumb Dexter. Then he's super rusty, and then all of a sudden he seems like he's on top of it. Then he's teaching Harrison about it, but then Harrison's not really into it. But then he is because he's killing a guy that he wanted to die. And then you got this other thing going on with Kirk, and he's crazy, and he's like this one of the coolest villains that Dexter's had minus the ice truck killer. Cause I think the ice truck killer was one of my favorites um, as well. But it, I just, I just, there was just so many little holes in this story that I just couldn't let go. And it really, really bothered me. Um, so, so that's where I stand on Dexter. I think Dexter new blood could have been the best season aside from season one of Dexter that we were ever going to get. But Harrison and his motivations really messed that up for me. Uh, Dexter's like clumsiness really messed it up for me. And then Angela just being literal she she couldn't solve the murder of her best friend that she's never forgotten. And then her friend just happens to be well preserved, and he happens to have uh, what was it? Her necklace, I want to say, yeah. or bracelet. Next, one of those things that he happened to have that, and it was the very first thing she found when she got to his like little house of horrors and all that. Like, I just wasn't buying any of that stuff, man. And then the girl with the podcast that got taken out, like that was just really annoying because she was like way too smart. Like it was just it bothered me so much. I just couldn't, I couldn't let it go. I just could not let it go. Um, so you know and, that and like just, Dexter and and Harrison kind of talk about why they don't just like hey I, this like Dexter always researches everything 
Like that's just, he didn't in this season. Well, he did on Harrison. He didn't jump to conclusions. Days dark. He kind of had a suspicion, but he wanted to make sure. And then he was like, "You haven't said anything to anybody because you'll get locked away with these thoughts." And he's like, "Yes, exactly." So that's why they don't just like come out and be like, "Hey, Dad, I haven't seen you in ten years. I have dark thoughts." I mean, you think your dad's gonna be like, "Oh, that's okay." Pat on the head. Here's some pancakes. That's practically what Dexter did, though, when he but, actually talked to Harrison. But yeah, he but didn't I mean, even talk in to Harrison's him. mind, you're not going to just do that. I mean, you don't really. You're not going to share. You're probably not going to share much personal stuff with him in general because you feel betrayed by him. He left you and abandoned. Then why go and find him in the first place? He didn't need to go find died. Dexter at all. I, I don't know. I know she died, story. but Harrison didn't need to go and seek Dexter out. And here's the other problem that I had. Like when he find, when he does find Dexter and he knows who he is and all that stuff and Dexter tries to blow him off and blah blah blah. Like if you go to seek out your parent and the first thing that you get from them is, nah, you got the wrong guy, that's not me, blah 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 and you just stick around anyway, like what did you expect to gain from this person who treated you like garbage, right? Like, what did you expect to gain? So I'm listening to that, and I'm like, I kind of, that's when I was on Harrison's side at the beginning. I was on his side because I understood why he was so pissed off. I understood why he's so weird. I understood why he's, you know, just upset. I got it at first, but it keeps going. And Dexter didn't change at all. Or excuse me, Jim. Jim didn't change at all. I like the, the name too. Got- I'm just going to throw that out there. Jim Lindsay is kind of a wordplay on, uh, I believe the author of the the Dexter books is Jeff Lindsay. Yeah, I think you're right on that. So I, I like that that was a little kind of like play on it for who yeah, Dexter's alias like- was. Yeah, I like it just it just really got me like those things just really irked me because and here's the thing like I get it like the the irony of what I'm about to say I totally understand Uh, but in comic books when you have superheroes or whatever fight each other like when Batman fights Superman right like most of the time the only reason why they're fighting to begin with is because they didn't have a conversation so I get it. And I'm saying the same thing about this. Harrison and, and Dexter just needed to have a conversation. But the problem for me is Harrison absolutely got nothing from Dexter the entire season. You watch the whole – if you go back and watch every single episode. Right? I mean he has the code I now. mean he has like – yeah, okay, sure. So he got the code from Dexter. But do you really think him getting a code from a guy that he was friends with for the – equivalent of 24 maybe 48 hours you think harrison's gonna follow that code like dexter did to the t i highly doubt it harrison is way too emotional he's everything he is everything that dexter didn't want to be he's emotional he's impulsive he doesn't think things through he 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 starts a plan and then immediately executes it and just thinks that he's untouchable because of that but can you imagine harrison in 10 years when he's a grown-ass man and he's trying to manipulate people the way that he did when he was a kid it will not work he will get found out he will get killed he will get thrown in jail what have you i just don't see him being the type of killer i guess that his dad was and I mean, I don't really need to see that. I don't need Harrison to have a season. I don't need Harrison to be a better killer. I don't need Harrison at all. He just he just didn't really add anything in the way of the the 
closure that I wanted to get from Dexter. I didn't think that the season should end with Dexter getting away just because they, they said that this is going to be it for Dexter. This is totally done. And John, uh, Michael C. Hall was like, yeah, after this, I'm done. So I got that part. I knew that he wasn't going to make it. But like, if you go back and watch again, that the last episode, Harrison turns on Dexter so fast, dude. And I was just like, are you kidding me? And then also another thing I just thought about, Dexter couldn't put together that Angela was not only on to him, but just didn't care about him or the relationship anymore. Like he comes over for Christmas and he's trying to like kiss her and she's like turning away and all that. And he's just not catching it. Like, are you, what? I know that he's trying to keep the facade going, but he, he should have taken Harrison and they should have been gone as soon as he saw that she wasn't feeling any of that stuff like he should have been gone dude i just i just don't get it um it just it just bothers me dude i that's that's the thing about dex new but like i think that it started amazingly and then they just kind of they needed to end it so they just did that's what it felt like they needed to end the show they had 10 episodes and they used like seven episodes setting everything up and then you get like the last three episodes of like the actual story because i want to say when I want to say in, in episode eight, that's the episode where uh, Dexter apes, right? And then uh, Kurt confesses his plans or lets Dexter know that he knows that he killed his son or whatever. So you get all that going on. And then uh, Dexter opens up to Harrison at that point about the uh, the dark passenger. And then Harrison opens up to – so like episode eight is when you get any kind of like like – story right because everything else is just build up right and don't get me wrong i love the build up for kirk i love it but for dexter and for harrison you literally don't get anything from them until eight episodes in and it's at the end of those eight episodes so that's what bothers me i have to wait eight episodes eight hours of this story to get something that i should have gotten in episode four maybe that would have made it better but i think episode four is the episode um uh, Harrison's like the hero, right? For, you know, taking that dude out or yeah. whatever. Um, so I don't know, man, like there were, there was a lot of good things that happened in new blood. I thought there where Dexter was, uh, or excuse me, where Jim was, it was great. He got a new girlfriend, chief of police. She looks just like his, uh, now deceased sister who is haunting him, which yeah. was a little creepy and they never bring it up. So that was also very weird, but the actress like purposefully looks just like Deb, dude. Um, what's her name? I want to say the actress's name is Julia, Julia uh, Jones. Jones. I want to say yes. Yeah. So Angela looks just like Deb. She looks just like Jennifer Carpenter, but they never speak on that. Dexter never talks about it in his head. He never talks about it with Deb's ghost or whatever. Like I fully expected that to be a conversation. And like, I really did enjoy that. Deb was uh, in his head like that, but she was just so violent and aggressive. Unlike she was the opposite uh, of Harry. Harry yeah. was always a calming presence that was just level-headed, and I mean, rightfully so. Deb kind of got screwed over because of Dexter. She suffered for Dexter's actions, so of course she's going to be kind of mad at him. She was kind of in a downward spiral the end of the other series. Yeah, and I know, like the the the. I wrote that off early because I was like, well, it's in his head and he feels guilty. And this is how he thinks Deb would react. She would be this upset and blah, blah, blah. But like we never saw Harry able to physically touch 
Dexter, but Deb was like beating the shit out of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, how does all is his guilt so bad to where he's like hurting himself at at certain points, but it's in his head as Deb? Like, but they never explain that. So you just have to take it on a leap of faith, I guess, and and put the pieces together yourself, which can be cool for certain things, but not for this. And the reason why I say it's not cool for this is because for all intents and purposes, New Blood is the last bit of Dexter we're ever gonna get. Yeah. And I didn't get I didn't get the closure that I was hoping to get. Like honestly, if it weren't for if it weren't for a couple of the things that happened in these episodes, if it weren't for Kirk being a dope villain, I would almost say I don't even need this season i will say this season is better than season eight that's what i was gonna ask do you like this ending it better than eight or would you have rather just kept eight and that been it so as a fan of dexter i don't think anybody would want to just keep season eight as the as the final um and there are things that happen in season eight that i like but there are just so many things that happen in season eight that i thought shouldn't happen most of that stuff being with like dev and all that and like how dexter gets away also like i love when the when the villain gets away i love that kind of stuff but in this case i think this one is better because um it's it's final and that's really it but with that said i like this better only because i really like the villain you know, I like the the I like Kirk so much okay. that I, I'll, I'll let this one go. Um, but if it weren't for Kirk, absolutely, I would rather just have season eight. Wow. Um, and that's just how I feel. Like I said, I don't think that this season is trash. And I know I've been like, wow. you know, on it a lot, but I don't think it's garbage. I just don't think that uh, the ending was earned. I don't think that Harrison was a good character. I don't think that. Um, I know there are a lot of people who really want to see a season with Harrison later, but I really don't. Like, I just want it done. They they screwed Dexter so bad in season eight, and then in this one, like he he was just so stupid in this season for me that I'm just I'm glad that he's dead because nobody else can write him into a into a corner. He's just he's done. So I'm just I'm glad that he's done because nobody else can mess with him anymore. But. I really don't want to see anything with Harrison. Like in my head canon, Harrison made a couple of mistakes and just literally got killed immediately. Like, and nobody cares. That's just how it is for me in my own head because I just don't like him as a character. He's really annoying to me. And I know that he's a kid. I know he's got a lot of problems. I know he's really messed up in the head in general, but like, I think Dexter did him a disservice. I think him going to seek Dexter out was the worst decision he could have made in his life. Um, but that's that's me. That's my two cents. Hot take. I probably talked for forever about it, but I'm finally done now. I think that the season was fine, but did I get closure from it? Absolutely not. Wow. Okay. Uh, one thing I will say that I'm curious about is the how the on-screen chemistry was with uh, Michael C. Hall and Jennifer Carpenter. Because they were actually married at some point during Dexter, but I think they divorced before the show was over. So I'm yeah, curious like how they did working together again after all these years and if it was like awkward or if it was fine or, you know, was there any like hostility? Because I don't really know how the relationship ended. I just know that they, I'm pretty sure, like got married during Dexter and then I think they divorced before Dexter even ended. Or maybe shortly after Yeah, I think after they got ended. divorced. 
I think they got divorced before the last couple of seasons. I might be wrong on that, and I should probably look it up. But um, they were absolutely divorced before this was shot, for sure. They oh, were yeah, divorced yeah, yeah. before the ending of Yeah, they have the, been divorced for years. But I'm just yeah. curious, like, how it went on screen, bringing them back together, like, in this. Because, I mean, they work closely together. It's not like, I mean, it's not like a, a love scene or anything, but they're in close space together, like, with her being in his head and, like, in his face about stuff. It'd be interesting to hear, like, how they felt about it. Yeah, hasn't he? He's been married, like, twice, right? I think so. He does music also. I've been sent stuff. He does, like, a, an indie sounding project it's not bad actually but he's like a singer you want to hear some really cool like i'm gonna i want to inject like a couple of like really cool facts about michael c hall like for me uh and there there are two things that he did that i really really like that are uh outside of the realm of dexter uh one of them is he was the voice of batman uh Kirk Langstrom Batman in the animated movie Justice League Gods and Monsters. I don't know if you ever saw that, but really? he was yeah, he was he was the voice of essentially vampire Batman. And it was really cool, it was really well done, and I would love to see more of that version of, of Batman. It was really cool. So just imagine, you know the character Man Bat, right? Yes. Okay, so imagine Man Bat, but instead of turning into a giant bat, he turns into a vampire. And and there's no Batman in this world, so he becomes Batman. Hmm. That's essentially what happened. So I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, I thought that was really cool. His voice is just so monotone anyway, but it worked for a character like Batman, so I loved that. And the other thing that he did that I really liked is he lent his voice again in an audio book that I listened to not too long ago of one of my favorite books, and that's Pet Cemetery. Oh, really? Yeah, he did the Ooh. audio for Pet Cemetery, and it's that's fantastic. Awesome. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, just thought I'd, I'd you know, nice end that on a, on a high there. note. So yeah. Christian did not really care for New Blood. Did not. Cue the fail music. Okay, so, uh, wow, we've already almost been going for an hour. Uh, let's move it along. Um, what do you want to talk about next? What show or what, what yeah, are you feeling? Yeah, so I'll... I'll make these kind of uh, a lot faster. Um, I will say so. Or we can there's always one condense more and we could add some next next week. For those that are curious, the plan right now for the podcast is to be a weekly episodic show. So uh, we'll be recording weekly and uh, going over different topics. As of right now, it may eventually go to biweekly. We'll see how the schedule goes because things can get hectic. But uh, that is the game plan currently. So whatever Absolutely. we don't so- cover this week, we can cover next week. <laughs> I do want to quickly touch on one other show and two movies, if I may. And okay. I'll, you know, we'll just see. We'll see how it goes. Right. But the show that I wanted to talk about is uh, Peacemaker. Okay. I don't know if you've watched Peacemaker, yes. but I watched it and it's fantastic. Oh, it's wonderful. I would give that show in its entirety. I would give it a perfect 10 out of 10. I think that John Cena really one thing for you going in depth. I will say it has the best intro out there right now. I absolutely love uh, the song and the choreographed dance they have John Cena and the cast do. It is fantastic, and I love it. Yeah, dude. And my son loves it. He he likes to do. We do a little dance with him during it. He loves it. Uh, It's so good, dude. Wing Wham. Like that's not even a band that I was like. No, I was that was in the. 
like I've, I've heard that song before, but like I didn't remember it. And then this came out, and I was like, oh my god, it's that one song, and it's pretty good. Uh, the song is great. The intro is fantastic. It's like the best intro for a show that I've seen probably ever. To be honest, absolutely, I love it. Minus like, like there there are shows that have fire intros, but most of them are like shows that I love because of nostalgia. So like Batman the Animated Series had a fire intro. Uh, the old OG '90s Power Rangers had a fire intro. Um, this has a fire engine. I love it, dude. It's so good. But I just wanted to say, like, I loved John Cena acts in this show. Like, of course, he plays like a douchey Captain America type character. I love that. And that's not how Peacemaker is in the comics, because in the comics, he's like a serious character and he doesn't really make these jokes. But the way James Gunn wrote him was perfect. The way John Cena portrayed him was perfect. Vigilante is another one of those. Those that don't know who James Gunn is, I believe that's the guy that did Guardians of Galaxy, correct? And the new Suicide That's right. Squad. That's right. Yeah. And I like, he has a certain style and you can definitely tell in this show and I like it. And the music's one thing. I think he loves to have like really good music in there, like good scores and songs. Like he goes like more kind of old schoolish sounding songs, mostly like eighties, seventies. And I, I really dig it personally, but I like his style and I like his writing and stuff too. Apparently he has a uh, affinity for hair metal, so that's yes. why there's so much hair metal in the oh, show. Yeah. But like, I love it. And then like, Peacemaker. I'm sorry, not Peacemaker, but Vigilante in the show was hilarious, dude. He's yes. my favorite character Same. by far. Same. P- is every uh, time Vigilante I'm... and then Peacemaker would be my character list for sure. So it's really funny because my character list for favorite top three favorite characters in the show it would be Vigilante, then Mern. <laughs> really? And then Peacemaker. Why is Mern so high? Mern is so high because I don't know if I don't. I, I, here's the thing. I think the actor that plays Mern, and I do not know how to pronounce his name, so I'm not going to hurt my feelings or his feelings. No, if you I potentially can't. I can't help it. you. It's up on the screen right now, and I'm not even going to attempt that. That yeah. <laughs> But that actor played this character so well because he played everything so straight. Every time he gets pissed off in this show, every single time he gets pissed off, I was cracking up, dude. I was laughing so hard. I had to rewind the show to go back and see what was said because I couldn't hear anything. I was laughing so hard. And that's that's when you know you got a banger right there, like with the writing and the way that the actors are doing it. But like there's a scene where – Mern is getting cussed out by Peacemaker because Peacemaker finds out that his dad's in prison. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's because, like, when, uh, John Economist, right? Economist take, sends his dad to jail instead of literally anybody else. And after Peacemaker, like, goes off the rails and blows up all over Mern, Mern just stares at Economos. And Economos is, like, freaking out, and he doesn't want to look at him. And then they do a close-up of Mern, and he's just like, F you. I hate you. And they <laughs> he doesn't even say it. He just mouths it. And it's perfect, dude. Like, stuff like that. I love that character. And, uh... I won't even like speak on the the you know what happens to these characters just in case you guys haven't seen it because it's fairly new. But the last episode, there is a fantastic cameo that I'm not going to spoil. Oh my god, I dude! I was shocked by that. Actually, we were legitimately I was, shocked. I was like, "Wait, they what? Really? Like that's they pulled this off? Like that's wonderful." <laughs> I, I love that. It was funny. It was just long enough. What was said was perfect. Like it, this season of Peacemaker was so good. Like 
when the last episode came on, I, I didn't even want to watch it. Like I told my partner, I was like, hey, babe, I don't even want to watch this because I'm afraid like they won't do more and then it's over. Well, they, and I then I saw they the greenlit it before the final episode, even like before they released it, like when it was coming out or whatever, they were like, oh, season two is already greenlit. We're doing a second one. Yeah, I didn't see that announcement until a little bit later. So as soon as I saw that announcement, I was like, okay, let's watch it. Let's go. I'm down. Let's do it. Uh, and it was it was perfect, dude. I loved it. So that's what I got to say about Peacemaker. So uh, I want to touch on Vigilante was- before we move. Vigilante yeah, is hilarious. I know. So I was trying to do some research on him. I don't think he's anything like he is in the comics, really. Nothing like he is in the comics. But what they've made in an abbreviated version that is hopefully not going to ruin the show I don't think it will. He is like DC's version of Deadpool right now. Yeah. And I even have some theories. We may go into that later. Maybe we'll do that next episode. We'll go into more theories and kind of give a little more time so we don't ruin anything. And I wouldn't mind bouncing theories off of you. But I kind of think, just think he's kind of like Deadpool. But maybe a less, I don't want to say intelligent, but a... um, No, that's the word. (laughs) Because... He's not okay. He's not as sarcastic and quick witted. He's quick, but it's not very witty in times. And you're Agreed. just like, what? Like, it, he'll just say stuff, and you're like, how? But it's hilarious. And he's, it's a wonderful character. Uh, the actor that plays him did a great job. I actually loved it. Like, that was one of my favorite parts when, when Vigilante would come on. And him and uh, Cena's interactions are, are great. Like, they, they do really well together, just bouncing. Back and forth and doing things. Um, great show though, fantastic show. It very. I, I was very it. surprised by how good it was. I thought Cena was funny in Suicide Squad. I was kind of shocked when they announced he was getting a show. I was like, I don't really know where this is going to go, but very pleasantly surprised with it, and I cannot wait for season two. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that really quick. Kay. When you just said that you were surprised that he got a show, I was too. But then I heard that James Gunn was doing it, and all of my suspicions were gone. I was, and it's not because I think James Gunn is like the greatest director ever. It's because he has proven to us so many times that he can take characters in general that nobody knows. Like, of course, like I know a lot. You know, the the two main characters and even White Dragon. Like, I know those characters yeah. because I'm a giant DC Comics fan. So yeah, I know them. But like, I'm watching it with my partner, and she doesn't know any of these characters so i'm just like you know what i don't even want to tell you what they're really like because i already know that james gunn isn't gonna make them like they are in the comics so just enjoy what he does and she did and it was great um so yeah man if james gunn is is writing a show about some off-kilter third party kind of characters you already know it's going to be hilarious and it was but, but yeah, dude, I, I agree with you 100%. When they first announced it, I was like, why is John Cena getting a show about Peacemaker? Peacemaker is not even that cool. His helmet is pretty goofy. But I will say, this is the last thing I'll say about Peacemaker. Vigilante's costume in the comics is very, very simple. And so is Peacemaker's. But damn it, those costumes look amazing on screen. Even his goofy yeah. helmet looked great on screen. And I love that he has more than one. Like, because yeah. in the comics, he just kind of has like a staple helmet that he uses. And then, like, you know, depending on the next artist, they might change it just a little bit to make it easier for them to draw. But other than that, dude, he has like the same kind of stuff over and over again. So I loved all of that. I agree. I agree. Um, 
what why do you think he picked peacemaker out of all of them do you have any theories to to do it or do you just so, think it's the work with cena or i think i think what happened personally is he wrote peacemaker into the suicide squad and he liked what he wrote and he liked what john cena was doing because like a lot of actors who start off doing something else before they go mainstream john cena was a wrestler right for wwe for years um, and I think people just don't think that that type of person, that type of actor is going to be good at acting or funny. But he saw John Cena ad-libbing a lot during the Suicide Squad and started they started talking and really getting to know each other. And I think what happened was John Cena impressed him with his comedic chops and he just kept writing more for the character that wouldn't fit into Suicide Squad. So he wrote it into a show that was separate. And DC wants as much of James Gunn's time as they can get, thanks to his success for Marvel, because they want that money, right? So they just told him he could do what he wants. And he did. I agree. And, and wrestlers, good ones like that, like Cena, they're, to do what they do in the ring, promos and stuff like that, they have to be quick-witted and kind of like ad-lib and go. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it kind of plays into his strength. Um, I will say I would love to see DC do more of this kind of stuff with series that tie their universe together um, and bring kind of everybody and kind of like solidify a cast for their universe and not have so much revolving doors. But that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day because I'm sure we can go down a rabbit hole and discuss a ton of DC stuff and things we'd like to see and things they've done wrong and Stuff like that. Because I'm like you. I'm a big DC fan. I enjoy DC a lot. And I, you know, my favorite comic is Batman by far. I love that stuff. And, and yeah. As you should. It's great. I will say, like, that's really funny that you say that because that leads me into my next topic, which okay. is uh, new shows coming out. And uh, one of the new shows coming out is actually a spinoff show from the new the Batman movie that is at the time of this recording is coming out next week. So um, that show is a new Gotham show and not Gotham. Like you saw for, um, for like a Fox that they did with like younger Bruce Wayne before he's Batman. It's not that this one is a show that revolves around Gordon and the uh, GCPD before um, before Batman shows up in the main story and then even after he shows up. So it's more so about the Penguin and Carmine Falcone and stuff like that. So we're supposed to be getting that show coming up. They're working on it right now. And like I said, it takes place like in the Batman 2022 world. But Question Sans about that. Batman. So you said Penguin is yeah. in it. Does that mean that um, Colin Farrell's reprising the role in this show? That is correct. Interesting. Also, may I say, the missus loves Colin Farrell, and I kept showing her pictures when they've done the trailers of the Penguin, and she's like, that's not him. I'm like, yes, it is. Yeah, it and totally she is. she's like, blown away. She's like, it doesn't look like it. Man, I guess she just likes his looks, but she's just like, I that's don't know her. about that. And I'm like, I, I'm interested, because they completely have changed his appearance, and I'm, I'm very excited for the new Batman, and this is coming from someone that is not, uh, I don't care for Twilight. I don't care for that style of vampire. And Robert Pattinson kind of, I can't say he's a bad actor at all. I've watched several things he's done and he's good. Um, I was very on the fence, but I tried to keep him open mind. And when I saw the first Batman trailer with the, the vengeance quote and all that stuff, I'm excited. I think I, I have high hopes for this movie 
And I'm sure, again, we'll talk about that in a later podcast because uh, it releases next Friday, Thursday night, Friday, right? As the yeah. time of recording this. I got my tickets. I'm ready to go see that movie next uh, next Thursday. I'll see that Thursday. Next Thursday. At the time of this recording, it'll be Thursday. When uh, when does that show come out that you're talking about? Um, That probably won't come out until next year. Okay. That would be interesting, though. Do you know what it's releasing on? Is it going to be like an HBO? HBO Max. It will be on HBO Max? Okay, interesting. HBO Max has yeah. been putting out some really good shows. So that's good. Yeah, man. They, they got some stuff. They got the Batgirl show coming out that I, I'll speak on on a different podcast because that's, that's a whole thing. But they got quite a few things that they're working on. Okay. Not all of them good, but, but they're working on some things right. for sure. Which they have – I'm pretty sure they have rights to DC, correct? Because I know there's a lot of the animated yeah. shows and then uh, various DC yeah, movies. Yeah, Warner Brothers is DC, so yeah, they got the rights to pretty much all that. I would love to see more. I mean, I don't know. Another thing that we could go down a rabbit hole on, I'm going to avoid because I know we'll both start on it. Um, I really want DC to do certain things different because the Snyder Cut is one thing. I would love more stuff like the Snyder Cut. Dude, dude Snyder, Snyder Cut, Cut was, was fantastic. My movie last year. Like, oh my God. Okay, I'm not going down. We're not starting that. As we'll, <laughs> oh my god alright you so, guys hit us up on our socials and we'll talk about that all day yeah for sure for sure for sure alright so uh, what else was on your agenda of list to, to discuss for today I got two more things until I'm done before however I go into those two things you were talking about seeing Robert Pattinson and other films and all that Yes. if you haven't seen a movie called Good Time I highly recommend you seek that out I have not seen Good Time. I, I literally thought you were going to say like The Lighthouse with him and uh, William Defoe, which is a weird, yeah. weird movie. I will say that yeah. like that is definitely what the kids are calling elevated horror these days. Yeah. So Good Time, Good Time, yeah, Good Time, Good Time, Good okay. Time. It, the movie is just called Good Time. Okay. It's the best. It's the best movie I think he's done up until probably the Batman, and then obviously I'm sure you've seen Tenet. That was great as well. Yes, I've seen Tenet. Mrs. doesn't like movies like that. She doesn't stuff that makes you think, and you're gonna have to usually rewatch to like find things that you may have missed the first time. She's not into that life, sadly. So now, I gotta say, I don't think Tenet is one of the best movies that Christopher Nolan has no. done. It's really not. It's pretty, and the story is cool if you understand what's going on. Right. But absolutely not one of the best. No, it's no, good no. though. It's good. But to to move on to the other stuff, there were the other two. Th- talk about uh one being the new scream movie that we got earlier this year and then the other being another new horror movie that we got uh just recently which is the texas chainsaw massacre oh boy yeah which one of those would you personally like to tackle first because i do have thoughts um we can go with texas chainsaw i think so you mentioned book of boba fett we can do that next week um if you want i don't have a lot on book of boba fett but I have you probably it. have just as much as I have, which isn't a lot. And I can actually just give you those thoughts really quick. Okay. I we think can do Book, Book of Bubba Bubba real quick, Fett. and then we'll do Texas Chainsaw, the new one. That actually yeah, just released uh, a week ago Friday, I think, as a recording this. Yeah, that's right. On Netflix. Netflix. Which, okay, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. I, I was kind of, I don't know, that kind of made me a little nervous for release of that. But uh, Book of Boba. What do you All got? Right. I only got only got this one thing to say about Book of Boba. Book of Boba is something that was really hyped up for for me because I'm a big Star Wars fan as well. Um, and then I watched the first episode and I just didn't care. 
I just wow. I just did not care. The first episode was so boring, and I just did. The only thing I liked about it was the the scene that we got the flashback of him uh, surviving. Uh, at you know right. before yeah, we yeah. see his character again. But other than that, man, like I just didn't care. Like he he wasn't Boba Fett to me. He kept taking his mask or his helmet off. He kept just talking. He was getting his ass kicked by everybody. I just didn't like it. Okay, I I do like it. I I like it for what it is. It's pretty much a. Obviously, it's a a backstory to like, hey, this is what happened to Boba. This is why he was in Mandalorian last season. You know, this was kind of his brief journey, and this is going to tie into Mandalorian season three. Like, it was yeah. kind of like a here's a little filler and backstory is essentially what I took it as. Um, I will say I really really like what they are doing on Disney Plus with the Star Wars series. Um, yeah, and I, what I do like they're that. doing Mandalorian. And all I feel like, in my opinion, and I am a Star Wars fan, I think these are better than the movies they've been putting out as of late. I Absolutely. Think they, you get more time with the characters. Exactly. The writing is better. Um, um, it's not all about Jedis and lightsabers. Right. So I really and there's a ton of lore and, and stuff in the Star Wars universe that's not even touched that they can tackle, you know, between like Clone Wars, the animated stuff, all that. Like there's a whole bunch of the books. There's a lot of stuff that they can dive in and make shows on. And I think they're starting to tap into that with Obi-Wan coming out and a bunch of others. Um, one thing I did like at Book of Boba was cameos. And since it is relatively new, I'm not going to go into the cameos. But I thought they had some really cool cameos, filling in some characters, bringing back some people, you know, adding and introducing some people. I thought that was cool. Um, yeah. I liked it. I get what you're saying. To me, it was a filler because the whole time you're kind of wondering what's Mando doing. And they tie into that. And they kind of yeah. bridge to what is going to happen with Mando and, and stuff moving forward. So I think it was just kind of a, a brief, you know, backfield. I'm glad that of. you said that. I'm really glad that you said normally uh, for shows and movies like this, a cameo enhances because it's a character that you know that is cameoing. But the cameos in Book of Boba Fett made the show. And that's not how that should be. But other than that, like, I don't really have much else to say. I'm really excited for the rest of what's going to come from Book of Boba Fett and the new Mandalorian season three and all that. But like just then standing on its own merits without the cameos isn't as uh, enjoyable as I would like. Uh, With that said, though, uh, I'm ready to uh, to uh, grind ourselves right into Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right. Well, uh, rev it up. Let's go. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, the new one, which is uh, a Netflix exclusive and original, I believe, right? That's right. Which is weird. Um, I knew they were making a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I was pretty shocked when I found out it was just Netflix. And I'm not going to lie, it kind of ruined a little bit of hype for me. Because I was like, oh. That's essentially like, I'm a huge Halloween fan. If they'd be like, new Halloween. Only on Netflix. I'd be like, uh, that's not a good sign. That's not going to theaters. It's not going to like... HBO Max or has like a theater and a contract with with a, a streaming service, but I think uh, my quick thoughts on it, um, for what it is, I thought it was pretty good. It's better than some of the others. Obviously, nothing like it's going to be very hard for any movie to overtake an original for me, and that goes with like pretty much any horror movie franchise, like. 
the originals to me have a special place in my heart. That's what made the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's not a lot of story in this or story development. It's pretty cut and dry, straightforward. Like, hey, this is what happened without going to spoilers. Like, here you go. Here's Leatherface. Chainsaw. Like, but <laughs> at, at the same time, you don't. I don't think you have to have a crazy story. Do I love a great story, like an in-depth experience? Yes. But I think a lot of horror movies don't really do that because that's not really what they're worried about. Like, if they were to have some crazy, touching thing, people are going to be like, I just want to see Leatherface rev his chainsaw and kill people. You know, I, I don't think they have to have it. It's not a crazy story. If you're coming for some in-depth thing, no. If you're coming for gruesome kills and... I mean, a pretty solid horror movie, then, yeah. I think, you know. It's not the worst thing I've seen by them. I think the one where he's a child was probably my least favorite of the group. Oh, man, that one was trash. Yeah, so I think The Mask is pretty cool. I think that one was my least favorite, though, but it's definitely not a good one. I, I do. I have questions. There's certain things that during the movie I literally asked out loud like to my wife. I was like, first off, how's The Mask staying on? Because... He has this new fancy mask, but I don't see anything to attach to the back. And if you've ever worn a mask, you can't just put something on the front of your face and it stays on while you do crazy activities. I, I don't see how that worked. Second thing, there is a scene, without going too in-depth to, to ruin like spoilers, where he gets a chainsaw that has been in a wall for however many years, 50 years right. or whatever it is from the first, I think, because this pretty much, I don't think it... I think it goes from the original Texas Chainsaw to this one. It kind of pulls a Halloween where everything they've done in between is gone. It's literally Texas Chainsaw Massacre, blank space, and then this new one. Right? Like, they don't... Yeah. And so this is like probably a a 50-year-old chainsaw on a wall that just starts. And I was like, I don't don't think that's how that works. I'm pretty sure, like, stuff won't just start that was this in a wall. But, I mean... Stupid things probably nitpick for me, but there was some cool scenes. There was some cool kills, gruesome kills. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for in-depth story, though, obviously not. There's not. There's really no like <laughs> character development or anything. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I really didn't care for many of the characters, if any of them. Like, I got to the point. By the end of the movie, I was like, let's just get them all. Like, come on, Leatherface. I was literally rooting for Leatherface to, like, clean house. Like, I'm done with him. Like, let's move on kind of deal. But then again, I kind of do that on some horror movies, too, where I'm like, oh, yeah, they can just take care of them. They're annoying. Be done. Um, What was your thoughts on it, though? All right. My thoughts are similar to yours. Um But I didn't have as good of a time with this movie as I thought I would. Now, I didn't go into this movie thinking it was going to be good. I didn't go into this movie thinking that I was going to learn something. I didn't go in thinking that it was going to be a spectacle. I did, however, go into this movie thinking it'll be fun. I'll eat some food while watching this, and I'll enjoy myself. But the the nitpicks that you had, like, I'm going to get a little bit more into spoilers, but not full-on spoilers. Okay. Um, If you're a fan of the original and you know the Sally character. Like... Was she not a knockoff Lori Strode? Absolutely. 
Okay, so literally watching it, I'm thinking this is Halloween 2018. They're taking that premise and Michael and Lori, and they're applying it to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. In my head, I'm like, that. she is a less badass Lori Strode right now, to me. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. Imagine if the Halloween 2018 movie came out, but it was made and distributed by Netflix – this is what it would look like. Yeah, true. And that's this not a knock absolute- at Netflix. Netflix puts a lot of really good exclusives and a lot of good stuff out there. They do. But I just, sometimes they don't. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know. So like the Sally character was was just useless in this movie. She shouldn't have been in the movie at all. Uh you had the like Melody character, and I believe her character is the one who uh survived like a school shooting a while back right and that's her like character mythos not mythos but that's her whole her whole character is like i'm a survivor of this and that thought that was really cool i really yeah. thought they were going to use that in the story to do something to tell a story and that was that was like their version of if if you have seen uh, halloween that came out last year what was it halloween kills yeah. you've seen halloween kills that was their version of like the hospital scene uh but it was it wasn't as intense Thank God, because the ho- the hospital scene is one of my least favorite scenes of Halloween Kills. Because I just I thought it was just I thought it was trash. But that's the story for another day. But like they just didn't use her character, the Melody character. They built her up to be this fantastic final girl, and they just didn't really do anything with her. So that was annoying. The reason why Net- why uh, Leatherface comes back, like I I get why he comes back, the main motivation. But like, how the hell? Is he even here to begin with? And also, True. He, he has the quietest chainsaw I've ever seen. There are literally scenes in this movie where he'll be right behind somebody and they just magically don't hear him holding a giant GD chainsaw. They don't hear that. And then he just like sneaks this person with a chainsaw. Are you kidding me? One, of the like, things I just, I, I, one thing I did like huh? that they did with him is him running. I think that was absolutely terrifying. You have a gigantic man yeah, with a chainsaw wearing somebody's face running at you full speed. Uh-uh. I'm out. Nope. 100%. I'm not, first of all, I'm not going to be in this town to begin with. That's just recipe for disaster, especially if you're as dark as I am. You're, you're not, I'm not going to make it. There's no way. But with that said, there were so many things in this movie just to get you to point A to point B and like they don't even try to disguise it man they just they just like hey here's some characters guess what they're gonna get murdered guess what by this guy guess how by this weapon and guess what it's happening right now and you're just killing people killing people killing it's like crazy man that's it's definitely carnage candy this movie yes and i really enjoy that but like if you're going in to, to watch this movie and like have a good time like maybe not i want to say as of right now it has like a 4.9 on imdb all right cool imdb whatever rotten tomatoes it has like a 31 percent right now i'm like all right cool whatever like would i give it that low i think out of 10 i would probably give this movie a five um to be honest okay. so pretty close to imdb and then out of 100 percent, i would probably give this movie like a 50 percent okay and that's because like fifty percent of this movie, I was interested because people were getting murdered. The bus, and scene, then, the bus scene, without spoilers, is probably one of the best scenes for me because it was just, absolutely. yeah, it's just carnage, and it yeah. kind of ties and, into like nowadays times, or like how things are, and like 
social media oh, yeah. and all that. And I thought yeah. that was a cool little addition and very brutal. Yeah, I agree with you on that 100%. Um, that's pretty much all I have for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. Um, okay. I think that we should move into one of our last uh, topics today, and that right. would be Scream. All right, Scream 2022. Now, Scream 2022 was a movie that not only was I excited for, but I was also extremely terrified to go see in theaters. Not because I thought the movie was going to be scary, but because I thought that there was a chance the movie could be garbage. Okay. And I just I just didn't want that to happen. And that's fair with um, these movies getting done over and over and over and over and over again, especially with like franchises that you really you enjoy and you keep up with and you want to watch, but then they kind of just run them into the ground and you don't really get anything good, like no good original ideas, no adding to the story is just kind of cut and paste, kind of simple things over and over again. Yeah. So that's and fair. I got to say, like, Scream, so Scream for me is already something that I hold, like, near and dear to my heart because that's one of the few horror franchises that I was privileged to grow up with, you know? Okay. Like, we were, we're of the age where Scream 1 came out, and then, like, pretty soon after that movie came out, we could just go and see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Scream, the first, the original Scream came out in 96, right? So at that time, I wasn't old enough to like go to the theater and see this movie. So I was like six years old when this came out. Um, but I did get to rent it from Blockbuster several times. And I did get to enjoy the hype for when that was coming out, right? So like all of that happening was really awesome and I really enjoyed that. That was awesome. I, I'll never, ever forget that experience. And then the third one came out in like 2000 and I was 10, right? So at 2000, like I, I could sneak into a movie theater and go see it if I wanted to. I didn't do it. You know, I just waited. But still, like it was the turn of a new center at that time. Things were happening. And then like what, 11 years later, we got Scream 4. So I could go and see that one in theaters and, and, and experience that one as well. And then you got this one, which should just be called Scream 5. So that's how I'm going to, that's how I'm going to talk about it for the rest of the, the time that we're here. But like, I'm just going to call it Scream 5. So Scream 5 was dope. I mean, like, I, I couldn't ask for a better, I couldn't ask for a better movie. Like, it, they did it right. Ghostface was, was scary. Uh, the kills were way better. They were gruesome. Some of them were. Um, the camera work was really well done. We didn't have that weird, glossy, fake glow that we had on Scream 4, because I hated that, and that almost took me completely out of the movie, to be honest, uh, on my first viewing. But this movie, man, like, I'll say, for old fans, like, it ticks pretty much all the boxes for you. And then for new fans, like... It's everything that you need in order to watch a slasher film and to start getting into the slasher habit. Because I think that slasher films are some of the best horror movies that we're going to get. And that's because I love a mask. I love a killer. Yeah. I love a group of people that are trying to, to navigate and survive this thing. That's why I always come back for the Michael Myers and the Leatherfaces and the even the Freddies. You know? yeah. like I come back for that because I love slasher films. I love what they have to offer. There are a lot of bad ones, yeah. But the good ones are really good. True. And um, the, the only like – one of the, the only gripes that I have with this movie – um, after seeing it and being able to like digest it is we have um, 
I'm trying to think of what the name, what the main character's name is. I think her name was Sam, Melissa, yeah, Samantha, Melissa uh, Beretti, uh, Beretta was her name. I want to say uh, Sam Carpenter. Right. I love the last name Carpenter because that's obviously a nod to John Carpenter. Right. But I, I didn't really feel Sam as the final girl. I think that if the movie was her sister Tara as the final girl, then the movie would have been a perfect ten. Okay. Hundred percent. Um, but because it was Sam as the final girl, she just wasn't as strong as of, of an actress to me. Um, and I mean, I don't think that the actress is garbage or anything. I just think that there were some some beats of the movie, like emotional parts, some through lines that she needed to hit that she just didn't hit. And that really bothered me because it kind of sounded like she was coming straight out of a soap opera, i.e. General Hospital or something like that. And I just wasn't that, into what, it. Isn't that what she's coming from? Isn't that what she's done? You know what? Actually, I think you're right, and that, that makes a whole lot of sense. That makes a whole lot of sense. I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna actually pull her up real quick and just see. And yeah, she did. So she does do stuff like that. Um, you she brought a lot up of the, uh, the carpenter. The, heights. the carpenter. That's right. Reference her being Sam Carpenter, yeah. a nod to John Carpenter. I also like the nod to Wes Craven, the creator of Scream, uh, with mm-hmm. um, the guy from uh, Thirteen Reasons Why. That's how uh, Dylan Dylan Minetti, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, him being named Wes, I thought that was really cool to name a character Wes after Wes Craven. I'm assuming that's what I take it as they named him after, and I really like that. Absolutely, absolutely. That he was named Wes for the which I'm not gonna spoil just in case people haven't seen this movie, which I don't see why you haven't. But there's a scene in the movie that that pays off why his name is Wes, and uh, it's during the party scene, right? So we get that. And I think that's that pays off all of that, okay, and it was great. Yeah. So that's that's really cool. Um, I really enjoyed this movie, though. Um, f- figuring out who the killers are has always been a thing watching these movies. Yeah, but it's fun. I figured them out super quick, um, but that didn't bother me because I'm thinking like, okay, now I'm you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm getting older. I'm like thirty, so like, of course, I, I'm going to be able to pick out who's who just because I'm smarter of a person now than I was when I was, you know, six watching these movies. And then also um, it, it, it was fine. Like it didn't, it didn't really bother me that I found them out because like, who cares, you know, like the, the whole killer reveal scene was, was pretty good, I think. Um, and like I said, I already knew who the killers were. So when they were revealed, it's like, cool. But like the reveal portion of it wasn't the part that made me think, Oh, I don't like it. It was their motivation. But uh, after I went home, after seeing that movie in theaters and thought about their motivations, because when I first saw it, I didn't like it. But I started thinking about it, and I, the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. And it's because, without spoilers, their motivations are so relatable. Yeah. Um, now, I kill people for their motivation? Absolutely no, not. No. But I get it, you know? Um, so I, I, it just made sense to me, especially with the state of the world now and, like, how things have evolved. It's not just revenge all the time, so that was really cool. They left the door open for a couple of older characters that we, you know, know and love. A uh, really cool cameo, people. too, that's kind of in it a few times without doing spoilers, um, bringing back one of the original characters from the original screen for just, like, a you know, to tie into the story. It was a really cool addition. I thought. Yeah, I did too. Like I, I really want to get into it and just talk spoilers about it, but I also don't, but like, man, it's really hard not to do it. Um, but I really enjoy, it. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I really like that. Uh, that was really, 
really interesting for me. I love that they went back to the original Scream house in this movie. Yes. I wish that they didn't show us all of the behind the scenes stuff um, because then I wouldn't have known that they were going back to the house. Um, but I'm really glad that they did because it was cool. Uh, killer deaths were really nice in this movie. I really enjoyed those. And um, another cameo that I'll talk about real quick is uh, there's a YouTube channel that I've been watching since its inception, right? And it's called Dead Meat. And uh, James uh, James A. Janice is like the host for Dead Meat. And his now wife, Chelsea, also does a lot of stuff with that as well. And they have their own podcast, too, and all that. But, like, they had a cameo in that movie. Like, they oh, were cool. on YouTube on the movie. And people were watching them talk about uh, other stab movies. So that was really cool. cool. So I really enjoyed seeing them on screen. And uh, that was a well-kept secret. I really enjoyed that. But the movie itself was awesome. I love the music in the movie. Ghostface was actually scary again, and yeah. that's not been a thing for you know several movies now. So I really enjoyed seeing that. Um, I love I really, how they, really they continue to break the fourth wall. Like all horror movie things, they like constantly kind of like make fun of it, and they recite the rules and they do all this stuff that you know back when Scream was made was taboo to do, and now they're it's like just accepted in this franchise. And they even do it through the movie that's made in Scream, Stab. You know, kind of. Going back and even making fun of previous screams through Stab, like, why did they do this? This was stupid in Stab, whatever. And, you know, talking about all the different things. I really like that they do that, and they can kind of play off of that with the story. I will say, um, there was a character in this movie, like uh, Kyle Gallner. I don't know if you know that actor, but he was in, like... uh, He's in, he's in a bunch of stuff from like the early 2000s, but the only movie I can think of him being in right now is uh, Jennifer's Body. He was in that, oh and he was in the terrible remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, yeah, yeah. He was the, the main guy in it. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I really liked that actor, but, like, he he was in this movie for, like, two seconds, man. I was like, what happened? Where Where is he? I want him back. Put yeah. him back on the screen. I really wanted to see more of that. Um, but the other thing I was going to say about this movie is I have – I can officially say that I have two new favorite characters. Like the the twin characters, Chad and uh, Mindy, I love them. Chad's I love them. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son, I believe, Mason. That's right. Mason, uh, Mason right? Yeah. Mason Gooding. Which I thought was cool. I, I actually didn't know he was an actor. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I enjoyed – I enjoyed the hell out of that. And then the girl that plays Mindy, I think her name is Jasmine yeah. Brown, I think was her name. Yeah. yeah. And she she was fantastic. Like, as soon as she came on screen and started, like, speaking, like, I was like, you know what? This is probably my favorite character in the whole movie. And that ended up being the truth. And Chad, like, what you think he's going to be as opposed to what he ends up being, I love that kind of swerve they give you in the movie. True. And, like, I really hope that we get more characters like them in future Scream films because yeah. that is exactly what this franchise needs. Didn't they already announce that I think they're going to do another Scream based on the success of this one? Yeah, yeah, they're they're definitely working on one and they would be they would be insane not to. It's I think too good. With what it's too good. The formula they put in place with this one and kind of how they've revitalized the the franchise, I think it can go in a good direction. I think they kind of opened up a lot of doors that they can start crossing and moving the franchise now. And so I'm excited to see. Absolutely. I actually really did enjoy this one. I went in based on how some of the other ones have been going. I went in with tempered expectations and I was happy with it. I I really enjoyed my watch of it. 
Um, like like you said, I really enjoyed the uh, the uh, older characters where they're how they tied them in, as well as the new blood and uh, you know the cameos and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was fantastic. I can't wait for the next one. Like this movie was so good where I, I won't complain if they just go ahead and announce that they're doing two more to just make another trilogy. That's how good this one was for me. I think they could make some good swerves too. Like I already have stuff in my head. Like obviously I'm not going to say anything cause I don't want to put spoilers, but based on how this one wrapped up, I could already see some nice curves coming based on what they've done that would be kind of cool. But uh, yeah. Good movie. Definitely uh, preferred this one over Texas Chainsaw Massacre out of the two releases by far. Absolutely. Um, but we have just crossed the, uh, we're a little over an hour and 30, actually hour and 35 minutes. So uh, I think this is a good point for us to wrap up and, uh, you know, kind of close it out for the first episode of uh, Sipping with Sin. Um, again, bear with us. Like I'm there, it's probably technical difficulties. I mean, I know Christian's mic went out at one point. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see uh, a lovely picture of Christian. Uh, he chose not to be on camera because he didn't want to make me look bad. Uh, <laughs> but in all actuality, he'll have a camera. We'll we'll get that, you know, a little more updated as we go for sure. Uh, but you know, kind of just the the start of it is getting it rolling. So things will get better as we go along and uh, as we improve and we get more episodes under our belt and stuff. But we wanted to get it get it started finally after talking about this for probably the last couple years, and now we're finally doing it. So. Uh, so yeah, um, anything you want to say in outro? Do you want to tell people where to find you? You know, on social media, if they want to come uh, check out your art or or check out your post or anything like that or your content, or is there anything you want to put in conclusion to to what we've talked about? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, first, I'll just say I really enjoyed you having me here. Uh, I can't wait to uh, do more. Uh, so thank you for the opportunity. Um, and as far as where to find me, um, I'm on social media. I pretty much stick to the social media for Sipping with Sin, which is at Sipping with Sin on everything. And also, if you want to talk to me personally, look at some of the artwork that I have going up, you can find me at Vin and Ink. That's V-E-N and Ink. And I am on Instagram mostly. So if you want to get in touch with me, that's where you will find me. And you will see a lovely uh, artist rendition of my face. Heck yeah. And hopefully we'll have some merch and some other goodies for you guys coming soon. We have we have big plans for the podcast. Um, it's still in the early stages, uh, but you know you got to start somewhere, right? So we're things hopefully will be rolling out over time for you guys, and uh, we'll have some more stuff. Uh, but be sure to rate this podcast. You know, drop it some love, subscribe Absolutely. to it, and uh, tune in with us weekly. Um, myself, you can find me on pretty much all social media: Twitter, Instagram, um, TikTok, Hover. Anywhere, I am Sinister TV. Uh, you can watch this on YouTube at YouTube. Uh, I am Sinister. Just go to YouTube, you know, dot com. I am Sinister, and you'll find me. Um, and yeah, I'm live uh, Monday through Friday over on Facebook Gaming, fb.gg slash I am Sinister TV, and then you can even uh, check out some of uh, the Twitch streams. We may even eventually be streaming this live over on Twitch over at twitch.tv slash I am Sinister TV. Uh, but as Christian said, you can check out Sipping with Sin. On Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, TikTok at Sipping with Sin. You can come check out all the socials and show some love to them. Uh, there'll be clips from this as well as some other fun stuff posted through them. Uh, and yeah. And it's been a it's been a fun first episode. Let's uh air morning because we uh, have officially wrapped our first episode. And uh you got anything you wanna tell the people before we go? Yeah, don't get gutted. <laughs>
Oh my god, that was dark and brutal. Okay. Well, <laughs> I guess that's how you end it. But thanks for listening. I appreciate you all taking the time to check it out. If you've uh, listened this long, you are a real one. And uh, yeah, everyone have a great rest of your day. And uh, we'll see you guys next week for episode two. Later. Thank you guys so much for listening to our episode. Once again, we are Sipping With Sin. You can find us on all the socials. That's at Sipping With Sin at Twitter, IG, Facebook, TikTok. We're everywhere. Please leave a comment, share, like, let your friends know, show it to your mom, leave a review, five stars if you don't mind. We got so much more coming out for you guys. We're a weekly podcast. We're doing this for your enjoyment. Let us know what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of, if you want to see my beautiful face. Um, Just remember, guys, before you do anything, over everything, don't get gutted, and we'll see you in the next one.